Not bad, right? Shiny red speedo. What are you talking shiny about? Speedo. What does shiny red speedo mean? Brian's wearing a shiny red speedo for his wife for oh, Valentine's God. Day. No, that's the last <laughs> thing she wants or anybody know, wants. Thought, sorry, that's what I was thinking about. You because do know of the song. there was a period in my life where I wore a shiny red no, speedo, right? No. A lot. You did? And now see, what's weird about that is I thought that's what you were referencing. It didn't even occur to me that it's Valentine's Day today. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. No, yeah. I uh, grew up in Coon Rapids, and the school colors were red and white. Yula looks like she's going to be ill. Uh, well, it's I just Yua has tolerated a lot from us before, and I believe she can survive one of my high school stories. In high school, I was... Oh, this is going to be a surprise. I forgot about this. Not super athletic, right? Well, the ball sports, not really my thing. I So not with the hand-eye coordination, not with the hitting, the strength. However, I was always very adept in the water when I was young. And yeah. so I was a competitive swimmer from the time I was in sixth grade until I graduated high school. And uh, unfortunately, during my years at Coon Rapids Senior High, which would be about 84 to 86, uh, Red Speedos were a significant portion of my life. Was it challenging when it first started where you like had to put it on the first time? The speedo, yes, yeah, because I wrestled. I wrestled through the ninth grade. Oh, but I, those were also some inter- great, great story. Wrestling and swimming <laughs> were during the same season, so yes. we took the same activity bus. And uh, yeah, oh. yeah, and standing naked in front of the wrestling coach to weigh in, just awkward. Well, you had to weigh in naked, naked. Well, luckily, was there was no awkward. weight in swimming, but I was, uh, <laughs> although it might be hard to believe now, an incredibly you skinny. more and more sick yeah, as we no, no, just, to talk. She's like, Valentine's <laughs> Day is ruined forever. Um, she's like, I got to eat later. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to get worse because I was incredibly thin, which might be oh, hard to believe now as a yeah. kid, but also wildly hairy. Oh, man. A, perf- a classic combo. No wonder I was a magnet. <laughs> but at least I had the good sense to wear a red shiny Speedo and yeah. swim in the water for all those years. Wow. Thanks for bringing all that up and making it weird. Episode 132 of the Brian Oak Show. Sean, how are Judy, you? Judy, send pictures. Oh, Judy, no. send pictures. Don't you dare, Mom. I love you, Mom, and I will love you no matter what you do, but don't you dare. Do how are you, Sean? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm, I'm tired today. I'm a little... I haven't slept great over the weekend, but I'm doing all right. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to those who celebrate. Um, is there a war on Valentine's Day? You know, my father, God bless him, uh, every freaking holiday would say this. These words right here. Okay. Hallmark freaking holiday. That's what this is. Well, <laughs> the expectations are way too high. I, Hallmark I, holiday. I can't disagree with them. Yeah. Um, because, you know, love is perhaps the most powerful and confounding and wondrous of human emotions. Yes. But to be forced to manufacture it on one given day every year, it does feel like some sort of alien conspiracy. Like there's something afoot here. A little forced. I don't mind buying something nice for my beloved. I don't mind making romantic gestures, putting time aside for that person, you know, putting on that red Speedo, whatever the case may be. (laughs) But also like, you know, having having it set to this one day, like you better not fuck this up. 
You <laughs> better how, not screw this that's up. That's how some people treat it. Like a I've lot heard of stories on both it. sides, males and females, where their spouse doesn't do it right. And did you pissed. get uh, a jewelry item with three diamonds representing your past, present, oh, and future? Oh my lord! I mean, there, yeah. there's so much that goes into it. But I mean, I love being in love. A, a, a affection, kindness, decency, all the various types of love: platonic love, romantic love, love of pets, the love of really good ramen. Oh, man, oh. if I can celebrate Valentine's Day Ooh. with a proper bowl of ramen, that's going to win right there. I'll buy that bowl of ramen roses. You should move on. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day to everybody. Sorry, I don't mean to be that guy. I don't that's mean to right. be weird about it. It's I just, okay. you know, it's, it's Valentine's Day, and it always brings up these unusual expectations and strange things. Uh, also in Minnesota, it's worth mentioning, most of peop- uh, people who listen to this show are in Minnesota. For those who are not, uh, the, the entire country, I made the mistake of watching the Weather Channel for 20 minutes this morning. Uh, Texas, there are areas uh, that are at one degree. That's uh, crazy. And, and snow areas down in the southeast, they're looking forward to eight inches of snow, and they're losing their minds like it's the end times, right? And you're like, well, yeah, I woke up to negative 16, and the wind chill's negative 35. It's a, it, it, we've really gotten away with almost nothing this winter. It's been pretty decent. And it'll be it'll be over soon, I and mean, it sounds like it's going to be 30s starting next Saturday, which I'll take. Go on. Oh, I just lo- I love it. 30s we... in February? Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll get through this. All right, well, here we are in the Smart Start MN studio. Our guest that we're going to be talking to has been a guest on the show before. I've known her for many years, uh, met her at music shows, have read her writing, and there was a really particularly low point in my life in the last year and a half or so where out of the goodness of her heart, because there's a lot of goodness in her heart, she reached out to me and sort of changed the direction of my mindset and really sort of inspired me to talk to you about doing this actual podcast, which is weird to think about. I owe her more than she probably knows and more than she's willing to take credit for. I'm certain of that. But here we are, episode 132. So we're going to talk to you at Vang coming up next. She's got a book that she's working on. Mm. She's writing. We're also going to talk about just how stupid and wondrous it is to be alive right now, because I guess that's always been the case, but now it's even more stupid and more wondrous than it's been before. Before we do, though, I had this little thing last night. I was laying there trying to go to bed. I'm like, all right, I'm on my own this weekend, right? My wife's off on a girl's weekend. My daughter's not at home. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And the thought of curling up on the couch next to my cat and watching Starship Troopers is so... (laughs) fucking awesome and that's exactly what i did i didn't have any ramen i I don't want to make like the i'm not talking like the 29 cent packet ramen before when i I said i'm in love with ramen like a proper bowl yeah from a restaurant oh with fish cakes Mm. pork belly something in there Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. sprouts okay anyway sorry i I get lost sometimes it's very distracting for me um uh I, i so i didn't do that but i just i wanted to get home from work I put my feet up, I laid under my favorite heavy blanket, I pulled the cat in, we watched Starship Troopers, and then when that was over, I was trying to fall asleep, I'm like, this is the perfect moment, and then I got this song in my head, and I got this song in my head by a band that I don't know anything about other than the fact they're from Texas, and so I had to make a Facebook post because I couldn't fall asleep, and I wanted to know the name of the phenomenon where... A song gets stuck in your head. Now, I'm familiar with earworms. We uh-huh. all have those, right? Yeah. I mean, like popular songs that you grew up with, songs that your mom used to hum, whatever the case may be, right? Earworms are regular. They're re- But every I get these, uh, there's a couple songs that pop in my head about once or twice a year that I don't remember ever hearing, celebrating, experiencing, 
and all of a sudden they pop up. And this band, Toadies from Texas, they had a song called Possum Kingdom back in the sort of halcyon alternative yeah, days of the I mid-90s. Remember. That's the song I remember. Oh, my yeah. God. Played the shit out of that song. So yeah. it's not... It's not surprising that I know them, but this song was never a hit, and I don't remember if I saw it in a skateboarding video or maybe saw them at some live show where the song blew my mind. For whatever reason, this thing is like, it's like Planet X, where it only comes into the orbit of my brain once every year or so. It's not in regular rotation, but I love it so much, and I think you will too. So turn this one up nice and loud. U of Ang is up next on The Brian Oak Show, but this out of Texas, Toadies, I Come From the Water, uh, on The Brian Oak Show. Maybe it was when I was on Warp Tour as an extreme sports model. Uh, <laughs> I honestly can't I didn't mean remember. To laugh at that. That, could have, that could have happened. It totally could have happened. Me in a pair of vans and like a oh. neon yellow tank. 
it's all coming together with my long hair. <laughs> if I'd only grown a goatee, it would Judy, have been all perfect. <laughs> no, luckily that era never happened. It is the Brian Oak Show, episode 132. Here we are in the Smart Start MN studio. Smart Start, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? You, someone you love, someone you know, someone you care about, gets themselves a DUI. These things happen, and it sucks. It will screw up your life. It'll turn it upside down. And most importantly, you're not allowed to drive, and you should probably sit down for a minute and think about what you've done, but you will need to get back in your car. And Smart Start MN will help you get back in there quicker and for less money than you otherwise thought. And it's all above board. It's all completely legal. These people are not weirdo. Can I say the word shyster? I mean, it's of German origin, but is there a negative connotation with saying shyster? think so, but we'll hear event, about it. If, the, yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. These people are trustworthy. They're good at what they do. They've been on board with the Brian Oak Show since before day one. Uh, and if you should find yourself or someone that matters to you finds themselves in the situation, Smart Start MN is where you want to go. Yeah, and uh, Mike Freeberg said today about my Facebook post about my lovely white wife that, uh, like, Lint loves belly button. Mike Freeberg said that's not... Uh, there's nothing romantic about that at all. Well, no, but I mean, like, there's also nothing romantic about how, like, a forest fire loves oxygen. It speaks to the need, that's, right? I mean, that's what I was trying to say. It speaks to finding your yeah. calm center. It speaks to finding the place you're supposed to be, and lint is supposed to be in a belly button. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there so often. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. So just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. They'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock mechanism. Friedberg probably has an Audi and doesn't even know what it's like oh, to have lint awkward. in there. Yeah. That's awkward. I've only seen one real one in my life. A real Audi? A real Audi. Are you telling me the majority of people have I'm not talking about a pregnancy. Yeah, most people do have innies. You a? I, I have an innie, but was it during your uh, weigh-ins that you were talking about? <laughs> and I think about that. I think hey, I thought I'm about Irish, that. so it's not that far off. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> Sometimes when I get hit with a real laugh, I get this weird pain in my chest, and it makes me worry, like, don't get laugh out. too hard. No, 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 no. That was fantastic. That was good. Off to a good start, but now I have to be wary. No, but I also I think, like, your coach probably was lying to you. You probably didn't have to be naked. And he's like, just, just he was down. He was weird. He bought, a, uh, <laughs> he bought a white Fiero and asked me if I wanted to go for a ride in it. <laughs> I was like, "Do you like to watch gladiator movies, I like, Sean?" I was like, "No, uh, I don't. I got a class in a little bit. Like, I can't go check that out." And he was like, "Yeah, you we a, could go, you know, go ride in my Fiero, check it out." I'm like, no, you no. A, you might have hit closer to home than you thought you did Sorry. right there. No, I wow. I suddenly think that maybe you and your therapist have a lot more to talk about. Yeah. We got a lot of work. A yeah, lot of work. a lot of work ahead. <laughs> Yua Vang is our guest today. She's been on the show before. I've known her for many years, and she is a writer primarily. And, but I also know her as a music fan. When I think of Yua Vang, I think of somebody that I've met and gotten to know at various musical performances over the years. I have certainly read some of her work, but she has written for a ton of different places. But I've always known her to either be at a show or representing an artist uh, that's in town here, or at least talking more about them and informing more about them. But I've also known her as someone who is very kind. As I mentioned, about a year and a half ago, I was going through a little bit of a tough spot. Uh, My life went upside down due to losing a job. And now, it wasn't the first time I've ever lost a job. I've lost cool radio jobs before. 
But this was a heavy one because I felt like I wasn't given a shot. I felt like I was hung out to dry by people that I'd committed myself to. And what did you come in and do except pop my self-pity balloon so <laughs> thankfully? Because this is the you don't know what you did. You sent me this lovely needlepoint right here that's very simple, lovely black frame, blue, is that yarn? What do we call that? Uh Thread. Thread. Yeah. Blue yarn, <laughs> uh, blue thread on a white background, and it said, never give up on your stupid, stupid dreams. And, of course, you know, as I'm probably going to do now, because I'm really good at the crying, tears ahoy, but I stood there in the kitchen, and I had this kind of epiphany, like, fuck, your life is always going to, if you'll pardon my use of the phrase, I don't mean it literally, I'm using it metaphorically, Life will always find new and interesting ways to fuck you. And by life, I mean people, circumstance, Mm -hmm. bullshit, whatever. Um, And again, I don't know what I ever did to engender that sort of kindness from you. But I know I said on the last show that you were on as well. But again, thank you. Because it really really was a pivotal point for me at a weird point in my life. I I honestly didn't realize that that was what it was i actually made it a couple weeks prior to that and i just never sent it so i'm glad it (laughs) the right day well your timing was absolutely perfect and the cool thing about this is i love this it hangs right here in the smart start mn studio and you during some recent downtime made a few more of the exact same thing that Mm -hmm. we're going to give our patreon members a chance to win but we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit um i know that you you've also done stand-up comedy and over the course (laughs) of of my life people have been like you should do stand-up comedy i'm like absolutely not i can't think of anything more terrifying in my entire life i I actually haven't um i only that was you wrote that in here I, i wrote that as a bio and I use that for some of my writing bio when I send it out because they put a little blurb at the end of an article. Yeah. And so when people read that, they're like, I'd love to see a uh, stand-up comedy. I'm like, I'm not a stand-up comedian. You've never done that? No, I'm Facebook comedian. Like, well, <laughs> I, have, I have to admit, you, you, put, you have a combination of humor but also thoughtful humanism on Facebook that I find continually enjoyable. <laughs> Thank you. Um, here we are on Valentine's Day. It's cold as shit. So I just I'm going to start at the baseline. How are you as of mid February 2021, both in general and specific? You know, I was thinking about the last time I was here. It was freezing cold as well because we were. It was like the coldest or the darkest January that we'd had in, in forever. Mm. And I think about a month after that, we had we went into lockdown with uh, COVID. Mm. So that was the last time you were here was just pre-lockdown. Pre-lockdown. That's probably early about a month. on. It was, okay. at, it was at the end of January. All and right. um, it was, everything was fine. But I feel like what a weird year we had. I mean, I know everybody's saying that, but it was mm-hmm. just so weird. Mm. And it was just so, it really fucked my mind. Like, it changed the way I thought, changed the way that we all became. And also, like, I realize when you're on, because I've had virtual calls with friends, and it's so different than being in person with people. But I realized, like, I've lost the art of uh, small talk. Like, I just don't know how to react <laughs> to people in public anymore. And also, like, your only your only window to the world is social media, you know, if you participate in that. And people are so toxic on it sometimes. And it's just so weird to me that when you're actually in front of a person that you can be nice to them and you know you're just like oh that person's not going to rip me to shreds because i said one thing wrong yeah. on social media or 
their view of me is just so different, you know. So, yeah, it's been weird. I've actually really appreciated the time with my friends a lot more or my family a lot more just because I'm home every night. You know, you're able to just nest where you are. So, I mean, there's been good and bad things, but it's like you said, you know, life finds new ways to bring different plateaus to what Mm -hmm. you're doing. And um, it's it's been good. It's been uniquely challenging. And what I find with all that time at home, because that's obviously mm-hmm. has changed for all of us, right? It it forces you to readdress the way that you interact with the people that arguably are the most important to you, right. the, the people who are closest to you. And that doesn't always work out great, but it also offers a new insight. And so when people talk about it's been a challenging year, it has been a fucking challenging year. Yeah. They, it, it's required us to... And maybe maybe it's for the best. Maybe yeah. in the long run, this will be one of the most informative years that any of us have ever lived through. Right. But it has it has in, it, it's forced us to figure out how to be away from the people that we hold dear, mm-hmm. and how to be way too freaking close to some of the people that yes. we hold dear. And that's crazy. That's a challenge. That's uphill. It's uphill. But I also uh, I've really I've grown to appreciate things just so much more. Um, people things that we actually do have and then just i mean it's so cliche but it's just life is way too short and we realize that because we lost so many people this year Mm. due to covid you know and i feel fortunate that um that obviously i haven't had to deal with anybody too close to me passing away from it but have you been tested i've not been tested you haven't had a single covid test no i'm literally going to have one after we're done here not because i've been exposed no one needs to worry i'm going away on an annual boys weekend to play nerdy video mm-hmm. games and we've decided that if we're going to do this again this year which we, this will be our 12th year of doing it we have to get a test a week out in front and then also a daily test and everyone has to have printed proof of clearness and then we can hang out together but i mean people are being overly safe about it when i go this afternoon after i'm done here it'll be my seventh test so mm-hmm. far but free and clear so far free and good and i'm glad your family has mm-hmm. been healthy and everyone's holding up okay yes wait is this video game weekend is that different from your whiskey weekend uh, well so here's the deal it's I know you're not drinking it, know, yeah. it used to be whiskey weekend yeah. um and you know for the first three years oh, here we go nerd alert Brian ruined it. for the first three years <laughs> for the first three years it was dungeons and dragons weekend because there was a bunch of guys in our 40s oh. who were like we used to play that when we were kids right. let's get together and not tell anybody and now i'm telling everybody but then <laughs> we because all these guys are work in the video game industry the fantasy sports industry yeah. they're engineers they're nerds we started to say like well what if we put a game in there where we do a double elimination round robin blind whiskey taste testing and by the end of the weekend determine a winner and so no one ever really got plowed like no one ever yeah. really got drunk we would just like take sips we'd compare these two and then like a bracket like bracketology we would get down to a winner eventually uh i did quit drinking and um to a person oh shit can we ever have a show where I don't cry? Can we ever have a... But they this said is what's they... different than your old radio shows, is that yeah. if you would have cried on the radio all the time... They'd have been like, we gotta get up. rid of this guy. We gotta get rid of this guy. Um, they said to a person, like, we can drink anytime we want. We'd rather yeah. play video games and rather have you there than drink. So uh, I'm going, and there's not going to be any whiskey. It's going to be a dry weekend. Okay. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen, because I quit drinking over seven years ago, and mm-hmm. one of the things that happens when you quit drinking oftentimes is you get shunned. Like yeah. you wouldn't believe people are like, oh, and then then later on they say, oh, I would have invited you, but I didn't want to make 
you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like, I can totally get it. And by the way, when you get annoyingly drunk late at night, I can leave because yeah. I'll be okay to drive. That, by the way, has hey, been... Sean, I have some cat ear medicine in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's oh. been the great lesson. I still get together with friends who are drinking, but then after a couple hours when I'm like, everyone's turning the corner and they're having mm-hmm. a blast, I'm like, eh, I'm good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dip. <laughs> yeah. But it's great. And you know what? You never have to worry about driving home yeah. if you haven't no. been drinking. Hey, before we talk more with you, Evang, uh, I want to get to some music because we're already way too far in the show for your first song selection. Uh, you have picked a song by a great young singer-songwriter who I only met him once. He came into the City's 97 studios, very quiet, okay, very sensitive, but extremely kind. I but know, I, I don't. Right? I don't know a lot about him. Gregory Allen Isakov. I have the hugest crush on him. Well, so. I, I always love <laughs> saying his name, because, <laughs> yeah. but the, the meter to his name is like Gregory Allen Isakov. It, it's just, it's perfect, but I don't know this song and I don't know a lot about him and I want to know why you picked it other than you're totally crushed out on right. Greg. Well, uh, St. Valentine, obviously Valentine's Day, but actually I have a, I have a quick story. I know we're running behind. We're not running no, behind. No, not at all. No, no. Nope, I, just, we're fine. I just don't like to go too long without playing a song. Right. We're by no means running yeah. behind. So I want you to stop. Sure. Breathe. Savor the story and sure. share every detail. So uh, I had a, I have a um, former classmate of mine from high school, Jake Manders, who is a singer-songwriter in Minneapolis as well. And he he and I did an interview and about his new album. And he was, um, I don't remember where the show was, but then so I asked him about his, uh <sighs> What's the word I'm looking for? His, um, the people, his influencers, you know, mm. people he really loves. And he named Gregory Allen Eiskov. I never heard of him. Um, obviously, it's a mouthful of a name. And so the talent buyer at the Cedar saw it and he was coming to town. So he mm. invited Jake to open for Gregory right. at the Cedar. And so they formed a friendship over that. And so because of that, and for some reason, I, I didn't listen to it for years. And then. I was listening to something on Spotify and it came up because it was like a suggestion. So I listened to it and I, and I couldn't stop listening to it. Like, I think it had to find me at the right time mm-hmm. of my life to be able to be like, that was what I needed. And he's such a poet with his words. You know, it's never sappy. It's always so good and so concise. And so that's why I love his work. She's a half-written poem She wound out for cigarettes And never came home And I swallowed the sun Screamed and wailed Straight down to the dirt So I could find her trail Spread out across the great divide Come to talk St. Valentine I never pictured you living here With the rats and the vines Ain't that my old heart Hanging out on your mind Are you all fucked up St. Valentine
playing him on the radio uh, for, it wasn't a long time. He didn't have a huge run, but we were, when I worked at Cities 97, we were exploring a lot of sort of emerging singer-songwriters in the the aughts. Is that what we call 2001 through 2009 now? Is that the aughts? Anyway, we were exploring that, and there was so much thundering banjo in that era, you know, that was starting to happen. <laughs> what I refer to as chronic banjosis. Nice. <laughs> that really was, but, but there were also these beautifully understated songwriters, more male than female, but in recent years, luckily, tons of great young female singer-songwriters are coming out doing sort of a similar vibe. Um, and I remember him coming in, and he just was kind, understated. The only thing I didn't like about him, he was one of those funny hat guys. He was, yeah. He, he, I mean, and he still is, I think, as far as I understand. And that's fine. I, again, of the great list of human atrocities, wanting <laughs> wanting to wear funny telltale hats is not very high on that list. Um, you and I can't get away with it. That's the problem. With, well, like and maybe that's it, why I'm so mad about it. head's this size. No, my like head you... is the size of a prize-winning pumpkin at the yeah. county fair. Yeah, yeah, no. And so if I sit any hat on my head, they all look like yarmulkes. That's true. It's... Me too. I'm not just, you know, it's true. It's It's sad. When people are like, oh, you don't have to wash your hair, just throw a ball cap on. I'm like, have you seen me with the ball cap? Yeah. I look like the Quisp guy with the little hat on with the spinny beanie. It's not cool. Anyway, (laughs) he was a wondrous, wondrous guy, and I'm glad you picked that. Are you still crushed out on him? Uh, Be honest. Probably not because of his vegetarianism. (laughs) We did talk about that, and you, like any sort of... Oh, look, I don't want to make anybody mad or piss anybody no. off. Live and let live is all we're saying. No. Like, if you want to be it's a vegetarian, make be a vegetarian, your own choice. But, it, like, if all of a sudden you and Greg are hanging out, having yeah. a lovely evening at home, you're like, hmm, let's make pigs in a blanket. <laughs> and Greg's going to be like, I don't eat pigs, unless, of course, you have not dogs. Um, and you'll be like, get out. Get, get out, out yeah. Greg. Get out. Gregory Allen Isakov on The Brian Oak Show. Yua Vang is our guest, and it's lovely to have her back. We do have a giveaway that she literally crafted by hand. In fact, I don't want to go any further into the show without mentioning that in addition to writing, in addition to the many things you find yourself involved with, 
well, how do I properly refer to what that is? Cross stitch. Cross stitch. Yep. Not needlepoint. How is it different from needlepoint? Needlepoint is like the overarch of it. It's encompasses everything. Okay, so, so cross stitch is under the umbrella right. of needlepoint. Right. Okay. Very like good. Like a cousin, like a rich cousin. Right. Okay. <laughs> the the good looking cousin yes, that everybody yeah, sort of yeah, secretly right. hates because right. they wish they were more like yeah. them. Yeah. So, but you, in addition to the other things you do, do a cross stitch business. And as I mentioned early in the show, made this beautiful thing that said, "Never give up on your stupid, stupid dreams." You recently made five more of those that mm-hmm. we're going to give away to Patreon members. But people can. They can get yours. So I'm sure that you have zillions of original designs that people can find. Mm-hmm. Are people also able to order custom pieces? They are. We we actually were so busy at Christmas this year. Um, obviously, we usually do craft shows, and this year we weren't able to do any of that. The only one we were able to do was at American Swedish Institute, um, which was super fun. They had little uh, booths outside. It, it looks like a shed, but they do that a lot in Sweden. And obviously, we're not Swedish, but they asked for local community crafters, and we applied to be part of it. So we were fortunate to be part of that. And then as soon as that first week was done, they had it each weekend. They shut down, so all the other crafters weren't able to be part of it. So that was the only show that we did, but we got a lot of online sales, which was fortunate. But it was just very, it was long nights, because I do my day job and then work on that mm. till like 2 or 3 in the morning, and then... Yep, again. It. Oof. I know. That's a lot. It's a lot. Well, And also, like, I mean, especially at two in the morning when you're dealing with sharp needles. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's something to think about. So now when you say we do this, who do you do this with? My older sister and I. So she is, uh, I have two older sisters, but the second oldest and I, uh, I started the business. I was actually at the Varsity Theater on New Year's Eve for a Dawes show. I was covering for City Pages and Shana Melgard, who is a friend of mine as well, but she was, um, the manager at the varsity for a while and she was like we have this sh- this thing speaking of banjos mumford and sons yeah they had this thing called um what was the show called but um, banjo explosion it, but uh <laughs> one of the mem- <laughs> one washboard of the mum- times <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> one of the mumford and sons um members started this thing and they had crafters and musicians oh and the first show that i was at um um, I, so Shana asked me to be part of this thing and I'm like, I don't have anything to sell. So I started making these as like gifts for uh, friends as a cheap Christmas gift. And um, so that was one of my first craft shows. And one of the first people that was there with 10 people in the crowd was Jason Isbell. Wow. There was 10 people that showed up his, oh to his gosh. show at the varsity. What? Yes. Huge fan of his music. And nobody was there. This was just 2016 around that time. That's so, crazy. To I know. Me. I mean, because wow. like, he's already been in Drive By Truckers yeah. at that point and now is probably recognized as one of the greatest yes. American songwriters yes. that exists and draws air today. Yeah. 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 So, like five years ago, what? he played to like. 10 to 30 people at the varsity. That's crazy. And it, it, it was unfortunate because nobody came to these things. Jessica, Jessica Lee Mayfield was there. Cattle, <gasps> Catfish in the Bottlemen. Mm. Oh, played. my God. Yeah. So I've seen both Jessica and Catfish in the Bottlemen. And yeah. that's a crazy... Are you telling me they were all there on one night? No, this was uh, once a, a month. A series of things. Okay. And I'm not kidding. I don't know what it was. Nobody showed up to these. But Weird. I sold Were they on stuff. a Tuesday night? Or what was Tuesday the, nights. Were they I, Tuesday yeah. nights? That's the problem, man. Tuesday nights are but tough. come on. But I mean, Catfish and the Bottlemen in the UK, they would have sold out a First Avenue side yeah. place. And Jessica Lee Mayfield, and again, yeah. you're dealing with this weird thing where like, maybe it was a promotion deal, like maybe the right people didn't hear about it, but this I is where know. you yeah. started moving units. Yeah. So I started selling there. 
and so based on that Dodge show, I was I started this business and it just got too busy. So my sister, she would sit there and play video games all night. And I'm like, hey, I need help with this. I'm super busy. I, yeah. I can't make <laughs> enough. And I think like with with some crafters, they do stuff mass production. We don't. This is all handmade. And so people sometimes forget that where they're just like, hey, can you make this for me by tomorrow? I'm like, no. Oh, not by tomorrow. <laughs> not by right. tomorrow. Even if it's the funny one yeah. about please don't do cocaine right. in our bathroom, <laughs> we can't have it for you by we tomorrow can't. because we're making it by hand. Right. So your sister is a gamer, which I love because also a gamer. Yeah. But it's almost impossible to do, I'm assuming, cross-stitch and control a Correct, controller yeah. at the same time. So she had to make a sacrifice. She- <laughs> what, what is the name of your company? Third Daughter, Restless Daughter. So it was, uh, that's... I named it um, after myself to begin with. And then, so now she's known as a quote unquote restless daughter because of that. But I used it because <laughs> I had so many jobs, right. you know. Well, it's also an exceptional description of you, third daughter, <laughs> restless daughter. Where is, so if people are like, man, I would like, I've got a, like a phrase that I've always said, like, you know, for me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> always learning, you know, that that's mm-hmm. one of them that I've always said, lots of other ones, but I know that you have a bunch of great ones that are available, some stock ones, if you will, mm-hmm. not mass produced, but ones that you already <laughs> are like, well, good sellers, right? I mean, anybody right. who's in business, you're going to have your popular yeah. sellers, right? Um, if people want to come and find out more about third daughter, restless daughter, and maybe even support a local artist and or you know commission a piece where would they go uh our website is 3drdcrafts.com so the number three d and then rd and then the letter rd yep it's almost like you guys are like an electro group or something <laughs> or star wars yeah yeah exactly <laughs> 3drdcrafts.com and we'll yeah. link to that uh when yeah. we post the show we too. will and we'll also share a picture of that amazing thing you gave and the one that we're going to give members of our patreon community the opportunity to win because i got to be honest when we started this show we intended to be much more generous with our patreon community but we were going to do it in the form of live music mm-hmm. and things like that and um well as we all know as all three of us in this room right now are deep live music fans oh. there's been precious precious little mm-hmm. of it we'll come back and talk more with you Evang just ahead also find out more about sean's real estate opportunities oh, who's excited i'm excited <laughs> actually i'll never move again i was in my garage the other day and i was looking around at all the shit that i've <laughs> oh. accumulated i'm gonna just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna torch it before i move <laughs> never moving again never moving again let's move on though to your next musical selection so here's one of the great things about this show people are always like well, what's your podcast about i'm like well it's not about you know it's about talking to people it's about conversation it's about finding out more about the people who populate our community who inform the interconnection because that's one of my favorite things about you you with all the writing you've done with the artists you've represented with the art that you do you find yourself at some pretty cool intersections and you've helped create some connections Mm -hmm. for a lot of different people that's a fascinating story to me also the fact that you (laughs) have you ever made a cross stitch that says please don't do cocaine in our bathroom That's one of our best sellers. It's a popular one, (laughs) right? Because most people don't do cocaine in the bathroom. Right. Anyway, um, (laughs) so it's occasionally important to have to have reminders in the bathroom to not do that sort of thing. Um, So we'll talk more about what you do, and I'm really excited to pick your brain a little bit about Mm -hmm. your book that you've been working on because I know I've known a couple other people that have written books, and writing a book is like 
going on the crusades mm-hmm. through your mind uh-huh. and the things you believe in it is such a massive undertaking mm-hmm. even if it's a slim volume i want i want to pick your brain about the book you've been working on but first i want to hear another song and you've chosen another great artist this time maggie rogers why'd you pick this song um i love maggie rogers and i feel like she's just so good at what she does she has no inhibitions in her movements mm. in her writing and her singing as well but um dog years i feel is a love song that is not a traditional love song that's you know i love you i love you type thing um and it's just so poignant you know when she sings it one of my favorite things about her is to watch an artist and again i know that everyone comes to the table at a different time right but Mm -hmm. to watch someone from to come out so young and so fully developed already Mm -hmm. and that i don't think that means that she's hit the ceiling of what she's going to be but it's rare to see someone in right. the first half of their 20s who comes out as good as she is. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, she doesn't look at like older, but her soul, just the way that she is, mm. is just so much older than what she is. I think she's early 20s. So. Things are changing. 
it was her song Alaska that broke through uh, that Pharrell Williams, one of the most successful producers of the 21st century, had heard and decided to promote. And it instantly gave her a gravitas that many other artists of her age or her ilk would not have gotten. But it turns out she had her own gravitas to back it up. Right. I mean, Maggie Rogers is amazing. In fact, just last year, even though Alaska came out, what, in 2016, uh, just last year, she was nominated for Best New Artist by the Grammy Awards. And, you know, with the recent Hall of Fame announcements and all that, there are a lot of people who are like, awards don't matter. That's not what makes the artist. I couldn't agree more. But for a young, fantastically developed singer-songwriter to be nominated for that award by an industry populated by over-the-hill has-beens like you and me, Sean. Um, what? I'm not even 50 yet. July. Okay, well, it's coming. Buddy. All right. Some. I'm going to be 53 before you're 50. May 13th. Wow. Does that make us a May-December relationship? It does. Yeah. Maggie Rogers. And we'll get back to talking to you, Evang, momentarily here. But first, I want to make sure we do talk about Sean, because you're probably going to want to get in touch with him before he becomes the AARP guy who's handing out Denny's coupons when he takes to show you a house. With my business card. Oh. With a Denny's menu. <clears throat> the Denny's coupon on the back of my... Actually, if you want to take me out to Denny's, the Lumberjack Slam, I will go... Anytime. I thought maybe you'd be a moons over my hammy guy, but you're not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> what do you call that little thing where they do toast at Perkins with a hole in it and there's like an egg? Oh. Is that toad in the hole? Or... It might be toad in the hole. Is that what that is? That's also an adult film, I think. Settle down. <laughs> moons <laughs> over my hammy. My nickname for Sean Bernard, who in addition to being my friend, my colleague, co-owner of the Brian Oak Show, he's also a realtor for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. How's tricks? How's biz? It's a little slow right now because it's a billion degrees below zero, but it, you know it's going to pick up very soon. The, the funny thing in real estate is we always say after the Super Bowl, the spring market hits. We're not quite there yet because the polar vortex is here. Uh, but my guess is once it uh, warms up, people decide to move. There was just a big article that was uh, in the Star and Tribune, as oh. they used to call it, um, about people feeling like they made a huge mistake in this last year and rushed to judgment to go find a new house. I really haven't experienced that with my clients. I mean, I feel like we did our due diligence and found them the home that they wanted. Um, the inventory is still really low. And so, you know, for some people, I'm like, you might want to wait a little while before you decide to to buy something. There's there's not... It's a, it's a two-part equation. Like, it is. You can sell your home right now for good money, yeah. and there's a lot of hunger for it, but then you're also going to need to find a place to put all your stuff and to like live in and eat and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so for most people, I've just said, hey, let, let me pop over to your house. I'll wear a mask and gloves and hazmat suit and whatever else we can to make sure that everybody feels safe. But this is the time to be thinking about if I'm going to put my house on the market in May or June, what do I need to get done? And I've done that for some of my friends already where... Uh, we just walked through the house. Uh, in one case, uh, we looked at their upstairs bathroom, and I didn't realize they were going to actually go do what I asked them to do, and they sent me pictures, and I'm like, oh my God, you guys did a great job with this and made this look really cool. So they're looking at uh, listing this spring. If you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, just have them give me a call, 612-859-2594. You are that number is also text-worthy. Pretend like he didn't say that to you, you, and, and, and wasn't looking at you when he said it. Not in a creepy way. You uh, has been a writer for a very long time, and there's a difference between writing articles and features and writing a book. A book is 
to me, it's like one of those crazy mountains that I can't imagine, even if you are an experienced writer trying to climb that mountain. I want to talk about it in a second, but one of the things you sent to me in the email you sent me was nostalgia and how do we get back there to where we were before the pandemic, which brings up a very interesting question to me. I personally don't believe, as much as we want to get back to the things we miss so dearly, that will ever truly be exactly the same, right? right? We've gone through a transformation. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean we abandon the past? Absolutely not. We're still going to go meet friends for drinks or happy hour or go have lunch with our family or go out and see a rock show or go to an art gallery. or and We'll get back to some of the things that used to define our lives, but I don't know that life after this looks like it looked before. Do you feel the same way? I, I feel the same way. I don't think we are ever going to get back there too but i was thinking um more about my friend i was messaging him on facebook the other day and he is the drummer for communist daughter was a daughter or Mm -hmm. was a drummer Mm -hmm. and uh johnny and molly the lead singer and his wife um they're in alaska right now he's working with mental health you know with a lot of people up there and well, I know he's been very involved in recovery and stuff like yes. that ever since he got sober. Yep. I didn't know they had moved to Alaska. They moved to Alaska and they've been living there for the last couple of years. Okay. And so I messaged Stephen about something else. And, you know, we were talking about like we as humans and especially people in music are like, I loved your band. I uh, want you guys to be together again. And we forget that these are people, too, that have evolutions in their life, like, I'm not that person anymore. I don't sing that type of music anymore, you know? So sorry to disappoint you that I'm never going to be there again. You know, the nostalgia is there. But we also have to remember that we are not solid state. We are always changing into something else. And I would never compare myself yeah. to a musician because they're <laughs> extremely talented. But after doing it for 25 years, I'm out of radio now. Right. And I've been out of it for a year and a half. And the number of people I talk to are like... So when are you going to get back on the radio? Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, if, if a perfect opportunity came by, yes. I might think about it. Yes. But I've kind of crafted a new life for myself. I'm a guy who does a podcast and works at a record store right. now, which sounds like something a 23-year-old should be saying, not a kind fucking 52-year-old. Cool semi-retirement gig. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, not retirement. I can't afford to retire. Right. At this rate, I'll never be able to. But people get it in their heads, right? They Nostalgia. Head. And yeah. they're like, no, you're the radio guy. Exactly. And, and I loved it. And I still do guest appearances on radio. But it's not really who I am anymore right. and so I you know for a musician they're like well I used to do that one thing now I do another I think it's even more interesting for artists you know I don't mm-hmm. consider what I did art uh, but for an artist people conversation become- is art you cannot uh, I'm not kidding like some people cannot hold a conversation sometimes and I'm well. just like oh, yeah. <laughs> okay well I, gotta go. I, I don't know if I, yeah. I don't know if I can call it art but I appreciate what you're trying yeah. to say there but you know whether somebody is a painter or a dancer yeah. or a musician right or mm-hmm. or a writer which I consider more of an art even than conversation when people are they they fall in love with a certain era there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And, and and to hold it in high esteem and, and to think it's dear and wondrous to you, right. but then to expect that that's never going to change is unrealistic, which I think is something that can help us inform what our lives look like moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not any aspect of our lives, whether it's your local businesses or your kids, how they go to school, mm-hmm. or whether you even office anymore or are working at home forever, our lives have changed. Right. And that's a hard break. I think that's a really good point. Nostalgia yeah. is a very powerful pull, 
But it's also important in being a grown-up and a human being that we have to not only evolve ourselves, but let other people evolve. Right. We have to let other people evolve. That's that's the problem that I think a lot of people have problem let, let mm-hmm. go with. I saw somebody post, um, you know, I was reading a, a comment on the Currents Facebook post, and somebody said, hire Brian Oak back. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. Let, let's just go ahead and put that to bed right now, because A, that'll never happen. Right. If you think... Those Presbyterians will ever go back, come back and admit that they did anything wrong. And I don't, I don't mean Presbyterians specifically. I mean all Protestants in general. Um, if you think those people will ever apologize or admit they did something wrong, you're sorely mistaken. But also now that, you know, I loved my colleagues there. Mm-hmm. I loved my colleagues. Jill Riley remains one of my favorite people on planet Earth to this day. And Anna Weggel, happy birthday, Anna. Um, and, and many of my other colleagues on air. But once management showed its true colors over there, I mean, unless they said triple the money, because <laughs> <laughs> nice. even I'm, you know, I look, man, I, I'll take my pieces of silver because uh, I, I would like to retire at some point. But it, now that they've shown their true colors, I don't want to go back. And I, I know yeah. people miss it. Right. Yes. I miss it, too. I loved it. I, it was my dream gig. Now that I've seen what it's like, you know, when you barely veer outside the lines, it's just not worth it. And so here I have a podcast where I can say things like, you know. Oh, I almost did it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. I knew you were going to say it, too. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Um, where I'm allowed to voice my opinions on things. but And I, I like to actually have a genuine platform to voice my opinions. I was going to say something vindictive and stupid, and it wouldn't have served anybody. And it it only would have fanned the flames of precisely what you're talking about. And, <laughs> right. and that doesn't serve anybody. So instead, let's talk about something positive. Before we get to our final song, which I am dying to ask you about, because <laughs> it is so cl- close. Close to the bullseye of my musical heart, and I have no idea why you chose it for today, and I cannot wait to get to it. But first, I want to talk to you. So you were a writer for, you are still a writer, but you've written for a long time. Writing was sort of your main form of expression, artistic expression. Would you say that's fair? Uh, I, I don't know if I'd call it art or what I was doing art. I feel like it was more storytelling. Okay. Because what I was Storytelling doing, is absolutely art. It, it is, but... N- like, like you said right. about me making conversation, there are people who are shit at conversation. Yes. There are people who are shit at That's, writing and storytelling. There yes. really are. Okay. So, And so I don't mean to over-elevate it, but I mean, this was, if not art, whatever it is when an artist expresses their art, writing is that for you. Yes. I mean, writing is important for you to be able to put down on paper or type out on the keyboard the things in your head and your yeah. heart and your mind. Yeah. So I wrote four city pages, rest in peace. For <laughs> That's a, a heartbreaker, by the it's way. It's a heartbreaker. And it was just really, um, you know, it was where I cut my teeth as a writer. I did not want to be a writer. I graduated school and I'm just like, I'm never writing anything ever again. I hate <laughs> this. I hate, I'm not kidding. Like my last day of school, I shut my laptop and I'm just like, that was the last paper I had to write for <laughs> school ever. <laughs> ever. And I mean, at that time I was already interning at City Pages and I was just finished and I'm just like, do I want to be a writer? And I, I, I continued to write for Andrea at that time at City Pages, and then um, Reed Fisher took over, and so I wrote for him as well. And he through him, and Andrea was great too. But Reed was really good at like just pushing me to be better at what I did. And so when you know he said to me one day, it was like two, one or two years after I was writing for him. Um, a lot too and he's like this is one of the best pieces you've ever written 
And to have that validation was like really good to hear because coming from somebody who wasn't a writer, who didn't understand journalism or any of that at all, it was good to have that validation coming from your quote unquote boss. And then um, I pitched this book to the to my publisher or and it's not even final or anything yet. I just am sending them drafts at this point and. Um, it, I was going to do a cookbook with musicians in town to get mm. one recipe that they loved and to get the story behind that. And she's like, we want your story, actually. And I was like, oh, why do you guys want to hear what I have to say? I don't I don't want to talk about this because I never write about myself. I write about everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that that to me is comfortable because then I don't have to be involved personally. <laughs> so I I this was like three years ago. I pitched it and I was really I thought it was going to be like blog writing, right? You're mm-hmm. it's a thousand words in a blog, easy, quick, you're done and just have a recipe with it and it was going to be recipes of Hmong food because that's how I connect to my culture these mm-hmm. days. Um, you know, we're very americanized. We but my mom still cooks Hmong food. So, I know I find out about my culture through the food. And so, I thought that was was it was going to be, and it was not. It was super difficult to dig deep and to be vulnerable and to have it not sound trite. Um, so last year, or 2019, I went on a retreat to write it. It was not, it was not great. And when, when uh, you know, my goal was to finish, right before I came here last time, I had finished that draft, and I thought it was done. And... I was waiting to hear back from the editor and she brought me back like a month and a half later. She's like, Hey, it's not there yet. And I'm like, shit, mm. shit. You know, <laughs> what am I going to do with this now? Because that took a lot out of me. That took two years of my life. I don't know what to do with this now. I don't know how to dig deeper. And it was frustrating to see that, um, you know, you're just like, Oh, I thought it was good. So you did feel that you felt like it was ready. I thought it was ready okay. when I came here last time. And and so she brought it back to me. I looked at it. I'm like, you know, it really wasn't. Hmm. I mean, the people that I know would like this story because they know me, right? Yeah. And I feel like when you're doing anything artistic, it's very much like an onion where the people closest to you are going to care. And the further out it gets, the less people care. Yeah. And not that I need to appeal to everybody, but I need to have some sort of universality where everybody can understand it. Where they're just not like, I don't know who you are, but I'm still going to be invested in this story. And I think a good storyteller can do that. So I um, sat on it. This was like in March or April of last year. I sat on it for all the summer. And I'm not a writer where you can sit down and just type it out. <laughs> I need to be in a, the right mind space. And because I stay up so late, I find my best times to work are from like midnight till two or three in the morning. Ouch. I just... For some reason, it just is, you know, hmm. some people are, and like, uh, even if I sit at my desk like nine at night, I can't do anything until midnight. Like <laughs> I have to go on the Internet. I have to look at all this stuff first before I'm like, OK, now I can do it. <clears throat> For some reason, my my mind is just like that. So um, I was going through a lot of stuff this summer. I had a very stressful year. Obviously, we all did. But it was mm-hmm. just a really stressful time in, you know, what I was doing and my mental health was not well and I had to turn in this next draft to some friends that were going to look at it. And 
it was a really triggering day. And I remember just sitting there on August 7th, crying my eyes out, mm. not even over the book, but I'm just like, I got to get this done. And I'm like, I don't work well under situations like that. Mm. So I had to um, just pull it together. And um, I went to my friend Marianne Combs' house and we sat on the, her porch and she's she gave me some feedback on the book. And she's like, you have to tell your editor that you can't turn this in yet because you're going through a really tough time right now. So I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I uh, sat there and I kept pushing the deadline further and further back. And I think about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where he's like, "I love deadlines. I love the sound they make as they wish past you." You know, like <laughs> I think about that because yeah. I'm just like, well, that "Deadline got pushed." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know exactly what yeah. you mean. Yep. So I uh, took <laughs> took a week off at the end of January this year, and I really read through it, and I'm like. Oh, this was not really good. So I took one of one of the chapters, especially was about my family. I wrote about how who we are. Um, my friend Chris Koza, I write about him a lot in the book, but he called us the Vagdashians. And I got so mad at him because I'm like, do not call us that. I hate those women. They're now, and wh- why the Vagdashians? Vagdashians because... Oh, bang. oh, because your last name is Vang. Vang. Right, right. Yeah, and Kardashians. And yeah, I got it. Like, I got it. I, oh I, I heard God. that wrong. Yeah, right. sorry. And so... Uh, the Vangdashians. Vangdashians. <laughs> and knowing Chris, too, because... I know. Chris is not a pot stir. No. Chris is a nice guy. <laughs> and he, like, he's like, I'll never live that down. Because I'm like, yeah, it's in writing now. You cannot live that down. It's in the book, bitch. It's in the book. <laughs> <laughs> right? mm-hmm. um, but... Uh, there's a. I read the chapter again, and I'm just like, this is horrible. This is the worst thing I've ever read. Right, and I know you guys are giving me quizzical looks right now, but it's just, I feel like when you have to kind of tear it down to rebuild it and mm-hmm. make it better. And um, David Sedaris, he, you know, I took one of his master classes, and he's like, even if you tear it apart, when you put it back together, you're not, it's going to be better. You know, just because... You think that you're done. You're probably not done yet. So relook at it. Look at it at it from other people's point of views. And so that's what I did. And because when I looked at that chapter, I revised it, and it was three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this is awful. And I went to bed and I felt awful. And I woke up the next day. I'm like, I need to rewrite that. And I did. And I feel so much better about it. And so I worked on it for the whole week. And it did push past that deadline, too. And I finally turned it in, like, just this past week to my editor again. And this is the potential for um, publication eventually. But and I'm not going to, like, count my chickens. But but I think, like, even if it doesn't go through, I can always self-publish. I can always do something else. Well, it. you can. I mean, there's so yeah. many more vectors to market now, whether it's writing or right. musicians or whatever. But the way you describe that, I love. Because one of the things I've done over decades of interviewing uh, you know, musicians mm-hmm. and recording artists is... Trying to understand the relationship of a producer to a band or an artist is very, very much like the relationship of an editor to a writer, right? right? I mean, you need to have critical eyes who have your best interest at heart, but who also might not always see your genuine, true, deepest artistic vision. But like you said, breaking it down to its component parts, I mean, 
you know, if, if you think about on a physiological level what happens when you work out, your muscles are literally breaking down yeah. and then they rebuild stronger. Now, I read that in a book. I don't exercise <laughs> personally, so I understand that's the way that that works. But I mean, the metaphor still applies, right? Yes. I mean, you have to break it down. It will come back stronger and benefit for the thought and the reconsideration yeah. that you put into it. I, so th- you are you are perfectly illustrating my thought when I think about someone writing a book and especially one as near and dear to your heart as this mm-hmm. one is that's your life and your mm-hmm. legacy and your your family yeah i mean that's that sounds like such a massive mountain i don't i will never ever try to do that luckily though someday we're going to sit down in here sean and we're just going to let the tape roll and i'm going to record <laughs> hundreds of hours so you've submitted it i uh, you don't know where exactly it's going to go you may no. self-publish but good for you and and Thanks. well done i mean is it still inspiring or now does it seem like something you have to fucking do I feel like I have to do it now because I have this thing where I feel like when people talk about writing a book, you never hear about it again. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just, somebody's like, hey, I'm going to write a book. And then like five years later, you're like, hey, what happened to your book? And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to, I got it at home if you want to read it. Right? Uh, all right. Well, you, we have to say goodbye. We're already mm-hmm. over time a little bit here. But before we go, you uh, tell me the name uh, or where people go again. If they would like to get some of your cross stitch, what's the best place for them to find you? Uh, 3drdcrafts.com. 3drdcrafts.com. Very good. And I encourage people to do that because, you know, the world's not going to look like it looked like before. And guess what? Unless you want you as sister to go back to playing Red Dead Redemption (laughs) 2 every night or whatever video game she liked to play, we need to get those orders in there. And you, uh, doing that work that you've done, have given us five beautiful plaques. Uh, A plaque that hangs in the Smart Start MN studio and one that genuinely inspired me to move in a new direction with my life and kind of forced myself to break with some of the nostalgia, the (laughs) self-nostalgia, right? Uh, It it required, I mean, it really did inspire some heavy self-reflection, but it simply... And beautifully says, never give up on your stupid, stupid dreams. And it's so true. It's just down from the poster that someone else made for me that says, keep fucking dreaming. Uh, But we have five of those to give away, Sean. So we're going to give them away to Patreon members, right? We already have a bunch of Patreon members, Mm -hmm. without whom, by the way, this show does not reach episode 132. So thank you very much. But new Patreon members will also be in the running. Now, I'm not sure how the computers work and the internet works and all this weird games of chance thing. But Sean tells me this that we're going to give people until this coming friday which is a good five six days away if you want to sign up and be a member of us on patreon at any amount could be three bucks a month could be three hundred dollars a month whatever you feel comfortable with we're going to take the new patreon members mix them in with the old patreon members and five winners at random are going to be drawn to win these handmade creations from you you and the work that you do or do you, are you just now like the kingpin and you make your sister do all the work? <laughs> no, we, we we hand make these all ourselves. Okay, all right. I'm making sure because Is there like all of a sudden contest I was like, to see who goes quicker. Or do you? <laughs> There's not, but like my <laughs> seven year old niece always wants to do it with us. I'm like, I guess we can take some slave labor. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And she's Asian, so. <laughs> wow! I, I, I don't say that. You I did it. not say that. That was you Whew. that said that. You and Vang, you were always a delight to have come by. Thank you very much Thank for coming by. Thanks for being here. And when the book is finally published and you're suddenly the the toast of the <laughs> literature glitterati, we expect to be invited to at least one party. Yeah. Okay? okay. Is that fair? Of course. Not greedy. Please do. Flown to New York. 
put up at the Waldorf. <laughs> we just want to come to one. Sean and I are not greedy. Not Although greedy. we do usually get room service three to four times oh, over the course that's of one true. stay. And we'd probably save up some meals, you know, just to make sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sean, good to see you, man. Stay warm. Too, and man. we'll talk to you again in the very near future. You are lovely to see you again. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank our Patreon members. And don't forget, sign up. Go to patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show. That is O-A-K-E, Brian Oak Show. Sign up if you can. Keep our podcast alive. Keep interesting stories and the people who populate and inform and connect our community. Let's keep these conversations alive because to me, it's my favorite thing to do. So go there. Uh, and within a week's time, less than a week, we will come pile all the names you said there's some sort of random number generator yes there is so we're going to put everybody's name in there and there'll be a number adjacent to it we'll draw the numbers i even videotape it for added excitement well and also <laughs> for authenticity so people aren't like how do i know my name was in there bitch? where do i find a videotape recorder okay well luckily i still have one of those over the shoulder ones you can just pop a vhs tape right in nice. the top of it sweet i just i'm not sure how to work the tracking exactly but we'll figure that out i like it for All my right. dance recital too. i'll see you next time thanks to our patreon members thanks to audio equip for hooking us up with all the equipment thanks to smart start mn and smartstartmn.com now you up every guest that i have on because to me i don't care what people like i love to experience a mm-hmm. wide breadth of music but i want it to mean something to that person i want it to be important to that person to me that's where we bond we don't have to like the same kind of music but i know every single person on this planet loves some form <laughs> of music and you've chosen a couple great ones so far and when i saw your last one i'm like is she throwing me a bone here <laughs> literally because i have this deep abiding fetish for both christmas music but especially my number one favorite holiday of all time is Halloween. And it's mid-February right now. Yeah. It's negative 20 outside right now. <laughs> and you've chosen perhaps the most recognizable Halloween classic of all right. time. I'm dying to know why you chose this song. <laughs> so it, obviously today's Valentine's Day and uh, my theme was all Valentine's songs. Yeah. And this one technically is not, but... Um, <laughs> technically. <laughs> Monsters love to. Yeah. My favorite oh. show is The Simpsons. And oh. on great one. season four, where... I don't know if you guys know this episode where um, Ralph doesn't get a Valentine, so Lisa goes up oh. to him and says... You choo-choo-choose yeah. me. Oh, my so God, on yes. the radio, as they play out, <laughs> the two guys play the Monster Mash... And oh. he's like, Marty, why did you choose this song? He's like, yeah, because of the monsters. And he's like, you chose the wrong song, didn't you? He's like, uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that is a deep pull. You That's a deep That cut, is a yeah. deep pull. And I like it very much. We'll talk to you next time, okay? Thank you. All right. You Thanks. a Vang on the Brian Oak Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the monster mash it was a graveyard smash it caught on in a flash he did the monster mash from my laboratory in the castle east 
to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It caught on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Rack's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band, and my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them Boris sent you. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash.